Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Parents and Tools podcast with me, Jordan. And me, Jason. This is the podcast where two parenting tools talk about the relentless beauty and the hilarious chaos of parenting jason episode three episode three here we, we are we have been having some quality content come in we have we've from had listeners great content and viewers and if you want to send in your stories your questions keep them coming because we're loving them yeah especially the uh, the miserable ones <laughs> see i like the really funny ones but you're just laughing at misery well it's yeah, because I feel like we're we're almost through some of the misery now, where I can laugh at my own past, but of course, actually hearing someone else's pain, it's not joyous, but it's like, but it is. <laughs> it's like oh, we're not there anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's perspective. Yeah. So if you want to send in your stories, please do. You can contact us on contact us even on Instagram at Parenting Tools Pod and on TikTok at Parenting Tools Pod, or on email Parenting Tools Pod at gmail dot com. Amazing. Uh, today we have a special guest, don't we, later on in the podcast. Really excited about this. Can't wait f- to introduce him to you. Uh, we'll leave it as a little bit of a mystery till now. Mystery guest. Yeah. I mean, it's not, you don't have to wait long. It'll probably even be in the title. Yeah, it will be. But uh, so Jordan, Last week you left us on a bit of a cliffhanger. Did I? You left us on a big cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Really nice guy. I think. <laughs> Old fella. You had a parenting tip. I did. Yes. I've been waiting all week. This is genius. Go on. This is genius. So I want to shout out my, uh, my boss, David, because he told me, if you're going to use that for your podcast, you need to credit me. <laughs> so Great. we were talking um, about, so he's got teenage kids like that are 14, 16 kind of age. Okay. Yeah. I'm at yeah. the other end of the spectrum with a nine-month-old, as previously said, and a little boy who's nearly three. So we've not kind of got the device thing going on that we mentioned yes, last phones, time around. tablets, iPads, just yep. to clarify, if you don't yep. know what devices are. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Once again, we're clarifying what devices are. Um, so he said to me, he said, I do a thing 
that I let my kids have unlimited device use. He said, so they can go on it as long as they want. So I'm thinking, that seems like a bad thing. But this is the thing. So he said, I let them have unlimited device use, but I limit the amount of charges that they have. Okay. So if they want to use it all in the first two days, wow! So it's they like can. how how long does he do it over? I don't know. I think it's about a week. But then obviously there's different things like holidays. Yeah, and, yeah. They're going away on their own and stuff. But he said to me that he limits their their use of the charger. Wow. Rather than the phone, and I was that, like, "That's genius." That is both genius and commitment. Yeah. So that. They've got the independence of, I'm going to manage this resource. And I'm thinking, well, that's transferable skill to money. Yeah. Petrol. Money and petrol. They're the only resources I use at the minute. Time. Time. (laughs) I use that all the time. Um, So, yeah, I thought that was brilliant. That's incredible. Yeah. Did he he mention how it works? Is is he satisfied with the outcome? I think so. He seemed, like, the fact he was sharing it with me. Seems, uh, and the fact he wanted credit for it. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you wouldn't want credit if it was bad. No. So yeah, I thought that was really, really quite good. And so I was thinking, oh, that would be good to to have when our kids are older. Yeah. But our kids probably won't charge their devices. Like they'll probably just charge themselves up. Oh, do you know what? That's getting yeah, ten years time. You don't know what's going to happen. No. They'll just be charged by the energy of fun. <laughs> yeah. Or misery. Or <laughs> misery. It's a different kind of charge. They'll be o- overpowered. Yeah, so like you just, I, I can imagine this is a thing that they'll just walk around with their phones or whatever they're using at the time yeah. in their pockets <clears throat> and they'll just come out charged up. Here's the thing. If any listeners have kids and they've not tried this method, try it for a week yeah. and let us know how it goes. Quality. We're not responsible for the outcome. No. At your own risk. <laughs> at your own risk. I would love to hear how this goes down. Yeah, but I thought that was really cool. That's amazing. That was really cool. We've had, we've also had some really funny stories come in yeah. over the last few weeks. We've had uh, some great stories. Jordan, kick us off. Come on. So this is another colleague of mine. Shout out to my colleagues. Loving the, it. The Loving the pod. Really appreciate it. So this is my colleague, Abby. And she said to me from episode one, when I mentioned about Myla having bruises on her forehead from learning to stand and yes. falling. Yeah. She said to me that when her sister, so there's a bit of an age gap between her and her sister, um, she said when her sister was learning to crawl, she can remember she pulled the desk onto herself. So she just heard this big noise. Wow. Her little sister's under this desk. And she said, fortunately, it was quite a light desk. I think she described it as a, like a drawing desk. Okay. So it's yeah, yeah. quite a thin yeah, desk, yeah. thin legs, drawing it. And the... oh, it's still a nightmare, isn't it? That's not... so, yeah, yeah, still. So her mum obviously thinks that's a nightmare. So her mum runs in, yanks the desk off her sister but she does it so quickly that the drawer in the desk <laughs> slides out onto her sister. Not just onto the sister, but onto her head. Onto her forehead. Oh, no. I feel like a terrible person so for laughing. She's, so I'm, she's telling me this in the office. And she said she had a bruise, the shape of the handle, <laughs> on her forehead. <laughs> is she okay yeah, yeah 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 she was fine she was fine she might not be now after hearing this but um yeah a bruise the shape of the handle on her forehead yeah how, how devastating would you be as a parent yeah yeah you'd feel so bad you would feel terrible yeah. like have like we have you ever accidentally nipped the fingers when you'd cut nails not yet Oh my word! So like 
very early on when we were first trying to get to grips with like the little nail clippers, I did it a little bit too short. And the screams, I felt oh. bad for weeks. Granted, it's not a draw. <laughs> it's not a draw on the forehead. Draw a little bit of blood, though, on the finger. Ooh. And I was absolutely devastated for weeks. So I can't imagine how she must have felt. Leanne, um, she... So my wife, Leanne, if you're new to the pod, um, she recently, I don't, know, I don't know how she did it, she was playing with Luca and she caught her fingernail, her thumbnail on his chin. And she cut it, oh. and he, he still got the scar. This was about six weeks ago. So no. I, every day I'm checking his scar to be like, is this, is it gone yet? But yeah, she really, and she felt terrible. That's the she worst. She felt so terrible. I think she caught him and kind of caught his chin. Yeah. But um, oh, the thing is, like, kids are so like they bounce back so quickly. Yeah. And like they obviously they fall over all the time, like especially when they learn to walk. But it's when you do it, you feel dreadful. Yeah. And like it's so hard to shake that feeling. Yeah. And it's like you have to remind yourself kids fall all the time they hurt themselves all the time yeah and like that insignificant moment they're not going to remember it especially if it's a draw (laughs) (laughs) have you dropped Noah I don't know I can't remember I I know there's been a few close calls yeah it's like in the very early days she had terrible reflux in fact I remember talking to you about it because you recommended Infocol yep Turns out she they was, can sponsor the pod. Well, there you go. That's a product I'm behind. I, I'm all for it. I mean, it didn't work for us. <laughs> <laughs> Only because <laughs> I still say it's sponsorship. But only because we figured out Noah was allergic to milk, egg, and soy. Oh wow! And she was still being breastfed at this time, and so Em had to cut out all of that from her diet. So she had terrible reflux for weeks. Oh bless her! So we had to hold her all night at one stage because she literally couldn't be vertical and we were so tired that the close calls I remember once uh, we would take it in shifts I wasn't working at the time and wasn't working and uh, I remember waking up and just slowly watching like Noah slip from M- M's arms and I went M she woke up Noah slipped and M caught her with her legs go on M I think that's the closest that's we've come Spider-Man. to drop it. have you dropped I, I dropped him once but onto the bed Ah, so I could. I think I was I was putting him down to sleep. I think or putting him on the bed, and I got there and he just fell out. So yeah, I, I dropped, and I still felt terrible though. Do like, you know? I've just I, I have dropped Noah. Yeah. And there's video evidence. Oh my goodness. It was she was very small. It's like you know when they're at that age they can't keep themselves up. Yeah. They can't even sit up. They're literally potatoes. And like useless, mashed We're like the only mammal that comes out useless. <laughs> anyway, I was holding her, and we had like this little, little cool little basket, a metal basket, but like a little cage basket. You know, the decoration for yeah. socks or something, just on the floor. It's holding Noah, and she slipped, and her head hit the basket, oh. and that was the only thing stopping her from hitting the floor. And like there was there was a tiny little bruise. I felt horrid for like yeah. weeks she was fine she's completely fine uh, but it was just that yeah that's the closest i've come to a full-on drop no no there's video <laughs> evidence there is well you need to share it if we you're will, listening on spotify we'll... it's gonna do nothing for you <laughs> we will share the video we'll put it on through the we'll magic of editing so i've got a i've got a funny story from this week oh go on then so my office is in our loft yeah, and I yeah, come right. down the loft ladder um, if I need to drink, toilet, whatever. 
and I need the toilet. So I come downstairs and Luca must hear the loft ladder. And so I'm at an age now where I, you know, I'm not being crude. <laughs> Regardless of what I'm doing on the toilet, I sit down. <laughs> just, just to take, too short. Yeah, just to take the weight off. Yeah. Just to have a little sit down. And so all of a sudden, Luca appears in front of me. He's like, hi, daddy. I'm like, hi, mate. And then out of nowhere, he goes, do you want a sandwich? And he pulls out a sandwich. And it's like Dairy Lee or something, like cream cheese. And I don't like cream cheese. If it was a ham sandwich, I'd be like, yeah, amazing, great. But I was like, oh, no thanks. And he went, have the sandwich. And he was a bit upset that I didn't <laughs> have the sandwich. And I'm still trying to process, why have you just offered me a sandwich? Like, where's this come from? Have you got pockets? Like... <laughs> So he's been just storing the yeah. sandwich for the special moment, and and then he gets upset because I don't want the sandwich. So I'm like, no, right, run along, kind of thing. So anyway, run along. <laughs> run along. I'm not like a Victorian policeman. <laughs> run along. Um, so yeah, I just said, right, you know, go downstairs or whatever. So I go downstairs and I say to Leanne, Lucas just asked me if I want a sandwich, and she said, oh, um, I told him if he finishes his sandwiches. He can watch TV. Wow. And I'm like, oh my life. That is genius. That's brilliant. <laughs> and so I'm, so it all made sense. Um, and then again, he comes up to me, he's like, Daddy, you want a sandwich? <laughs> well, I was like, what a genius. That is amazing. I was so proud of him. <laughs> yeah. Proud of the slightly deceptive child. That, yeah. But that's, that, that's surely a, ta- a sign of intelligence. I'm going to... I'm going claim to say, well. yeah, I'm going to claim it, but um, yeah, it all made sense, and it, then it made sense why he was upset that I didn't want the sandwich because oh, he, he wanted TV. He wanted the TV. That's brilliant. So I, I've got a question from uh, one of our listeners uh, on on the Insta. Oh, Someone yeah. responded to all of my posts, and uh, in fact, I'm going to read it to you because this is one I, I've got a question about. I, I've got a question about their question. Um, so I, I put out, what is one thing, one parenting thing you wish more people talked about? And one of the replies I got was, the fourth trimester, it's real, and it can be so hard on mum and dad trying to support. So, fourth trimester. The fourth trimester. So this is my question. So, for the listeners that don't know, uh, my wife gave birth at 28 weeks. That's just a few weeks into the third trimester, I believe. Yeah, Carol Vorderman, if you're listening. <laughs> I need to know, I can't do math. Give us a shout. Or Rachel <laughs> Riley, either or. So, but we have no experience of the last part of pregnancy. We didn't go to any antenatal classes. Like, Noah was here, literally, we booked our antenatal classes, and then the week later, Noah was here. It's like, we had no, we have no idea. So, my brother and sister-in-law, who um, have recently given birth, I say recently, a few months ago, they were telling us stuff that we've never heard of. Yeah. We've never experienced. And when they were getting ready to go to the hospital and all that sort of stuff, we had no idea of the procedures, because we had no clue. The fourth trimester is like one of those things where I feel like I'm completely out of my depth because I barely even know the third trimester. Right. From what I imagine, the fourth trimester is the the time after the birth of the adjusting period for the parents, which can be relatable to everyone in very different circumstances. But Jordan, from your experience, what was that like? But also my question to the listeners, if you've experienced this mysterious fourth trimester... Tell us about it, because I don't know. I've never heard of the fourth trimester. Maybe that's ignorance on my part and not doing my research, um, of which I didn't do very much. 
I can't lie because I just thought you just you'll just learn as you go along, don't you? I've, so I've literally no. never heard of the fourth trimester at all. Um, our experience um, of post birth was really good, and I absolutely loved it. They call it the newborn bubble, which obviously you guys missed out on. And I actually Completely. feel really sorry for you that you yeah. missed out on that because it's I call it the glory zone when you've got one child that can't move. <laughs> That's just the glory zone. That's the sweet spot right there. Um, so yeah, and, and you're off work and you're together for the first time as a family of three, and it's just amazing. Um, but then, obviously, I, I know that people have very different experiences of that, both men and women. Um, so yeah, I can't really comment on that too much. So, so from what I think it is, it's that process or that time, like you're saying, afterwards, where some people have a great experience, but others have quite the opposite it's like for us when Noah was here it was not that baby bubble that you described so Noah was in hospital for 12 weeks after she was born and we couldn't spend time with her together we could only visit one at a time because of covid and it was literally you would have one 24 hour period each and you weren't allowed to stay at the hospital so for the first few weeks we would take it in turns um, M would go in She'd come home, we'd stay together, No would stay at hospital, and the next day I would go in, and it was literally like that for weeks. And so our first experience of looking after her and being with our child was completely alien and not what we'd imagined. By the time Noah actually did come home, the first 12 hours were incredible. It was we finally got her home after all this time, after all these things had happened. Um, we hadn't had the best start. We thought we were gonna lose her multiple times. We finally took her home in the Moses basket, not the whole way home, but she was in the Moses basket. <laughs> and we had a moment, I remember it, we were just on our bed, uh, Noah was in the Moses basket at the end of the bed, and we thought, oh, we've been through so much, this is so difficult, but this right now is amazing. Yeah. But then the next day we were back in hospital again, oh, and it all started man. from the beginning. And so I can imagine, had it not been the case, um, that, Ideally, that, that moment would have been idyllic. It would have been amazing. Yeah. But also from my experience with both my mental health and Emily's mental health when Noah was born, that could also be a nightmare. Because by the time we'd, about six months after Noah was born, she was finally kind of out of hospital. We were still having to take her in every day for antibiotics and stuff, but she could stay with us. By the time we got to that period, both of our mental health was so shot that we couldn't enjoy it. And so we were literally just surviving. And so when Noah actually did come home, she was probably like more a newborn than she had been the whole time. Mm. And so we were let, all of that for us is such a blur. And so I have no idea what's normal, like the mental health things that we struggled, I have no idea what's normal for most parents or what's completely like just individualistic based on our experience. Yeah. From what I can tell, loads of people struggle <clears throat> with the same sort of things that we did. And I imagine that fourth trimester part talks about like that adjustment of life. Yeah. When you because your life whole like changes completely. It does. Um, even with the best kind of birth stories. Yeah. Like everything changes. So I imagine that's what. Have we got a definition from Google? So I've googled it. And it says the fourth trimester is the twelve-week period immediately after you've had your baby. Not everyone has heard of it, so I feel a bit better about myself. But every mother and their newborn will go through it. It is a time of great physical and emotional change as your baby adjusts to being outside of the womb and you adjust to a new life as a mom. Okay, yeah. And that is from 
pregnancybirthbaby.org.au that's an Australian one wow dot whatever baby's the same from Australia I think so just upside down aren't they <laughs> but, but yeah I remember um, I remember speaking to you and saying like oh, how's Noah when she was f- like first born yeah and you'd be like oh she stopped breathing yesterday when I was holding her yeah. and it was just a completely yeah. different experience and I think this is this is why we're doing the pod mm. and this to talk about these things because a lot of them aren't talked about and a lot of them like you say they're just so unique yeah so we're going to speak to Sam soon the three of us are similar ages have probably similar backgrounds and we all have kids under like three years old yeah so I've got two you've got one Sam's got one with a second on the way we're all in a very similar stage of life mm. but if we were to tell our stories yeah they'd be so different yeah they'd be so different and that's why we want to get the guests on but yeah anyone that's experienced this fourth trimester change any emotions yeah let us know because we we can't talk about it yeah and I think there there'd be there'd be definitely loads of stuff that comes out of this that if you just share your story so many people have a similar experience like I've encountered by just sharing some of the struggles that we've had with Noah and actually just our own lives and mental health off the back of it so many more people are going I'm so glad you said that because like I struggle with this too yeah. um, so if you've got any stories please do send them in so I've just given Sam a mention and it's my great pleasure to introduce Sam as our first guest onto the Parents and Tools pod. I'm not sure he'll be too happy to be a tool by association. Oh, that's exciting. No pressure. First guest. No pressure. First guest. But do you want to introduce Sam? Here's Sam. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to say he's a friend of mine and I met him. I think that's funny. <laughs> We have one on the way. We have a little boy on the way. So I'm sort of somewhere Amazing. between both of you. Uh, I am in preparation for hell on earth. Um, as Jordan quite 
kindly put it in the first uh, episode it is tough uh so yeah so that's what i'm that's what i have what i do is i have just started working for cardiff food bank i'm the volunteer coordinator so i've just started overseeing the sort of 200 volunteers that that work and, and give their time within within cardiff um and i'm also then i've just gone from full-time to part-time as a as a church minister in the same movement as you jason as you well know come on and uh, you're also a reverend I, I am a rev yeah that that happens so um we share that <laughs> one of the many things that we share we've got we've got a theme got a going on so far recurring theme of reverends first first question and i don't know if this is inappropriate so tell me if it is i'm all game was was there a difference between the reaction of finding out that you're having a girl to having a boy who, who by me or nia nia's both. my wife by the way. both nia was open that she wasn't happy well not 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 happy but she was like oh i really wanted a, a little sister for bet san that's my daughter um and yeah i was buzzing like i'm just england shirt england shirt england shirt that's all i've got in my head essentially so i'm just do you know what i mean ever i'm just gonna have england shirts for every age group that just runs up the thing which is which is interesting because i've married into a welsh family who are very patriotic welsh my daughter is welsh has a welsh name uh so yeah that's been an interesting one to play out but um yeah it, he's gonna be an england fan end of amazing i didn't think that, that wasn't what well, that wasn't too controversial was it I've always no. thought like there's always a there is definitely that's why we have like gender reveals isn't it it's like a there is a there's a difference of like being a girl dad and a boy dad absolutely I absolutely love being a dad of a girl mm. um, but also there there is something different as being a dad to a boy yeah I, I I wasn't that keen on having a girl first time out to be honest with you I was like ah but now I've had a girl I'm like oh I feel the protectiveness and I love it but now I'm excited to have something different I think having a girl first would be to your advantage because from what I know, girls are a lot less mental than boys. So when you've got the, the newborn and you're trying to do stuff with the newborn, you know, a girl might be a bit more chilled and you can I've, crack I've on this. and get some stuff done. I, I, I too have heard it. And my, the life I live does not, support that backing um our daughter is mental she was like rolling over from like eight weeks she was walking at 11 months she is adventurous and independent and refuses to let me help with anything and is just non-stop and now nia is saying oh the boy's not moving as much so we're hoping quite frankly for a chilled laid-back boy to sort of accompany the nutter girl all the best yeah, thank you, thank you, bless you. <laughs> so Sam, on the on the podcast, we do a little segment that we've called Daddy Issues, where we talk about the issues that we're facing at the minute as dads, the problems, the little bugbears, the niggles that we're facing. So whilst we've got you, we want to ask you, what is your daddy issue at the minute? Yeah, uh, so my daddy issues are, I've got a couple, I'm going to go for one. At the moment, Shout out to my wife who has shown me how to raise our daughter in a way that uh, creates independence and allows her, you know, everything's within her reach. She she can, you know, from a really young age, she's putting her own shoes on, she's getting her own plates and forks and things. And, she, you know, I mean, everything is allows her to take part. What that means is she is just infuriatingly independent. So I cannot, if she doesn't want my help, she will just go, 
no daddy and she doesn't have much language and that's enough uh just no like doesn't want me to help her do a coat up doesn't want me to help her put her shoes on doesn't want me to help her do won't let me hold her hand and it's at times it's just like i am going to flipping do that coat up if it's the last thing you know what i mean like whatever it is and when you're not in a rush it's absolutely fine you know what muck about take your time I don't care if you spill juice over yourself because you want to carry a full glass of juice across the room. I don't, do you know what? Be, be free. But I'm 20, I've got like 10 minutes until I've got to get you to nursery and get to work and I'm still in my pants. I am done. I'm fried. So, um, yeah, that's can be, that's my sort of daddy issue. I love on the one hand that she's independent and I hate on the one hand that she, at times, she just won't let me help her. So, yeah. Does, does that like make you feel any I don't, I don't know any less as a as a parent like as a dad like my instinct is to like want to care for my daughter and like do all that does that make you feel like oh they're growing up too soon or is it just is it just the frustration of if you could just do it quicker i'll be fine yeah yeah it's, it's mostly just the frustration aspect of sort of going i i, I want to just help you out like actually when she does stuff and, and she, you know, we'll, we'll do things. I'll, I'll turn around and she'll have come back. She'll have picked up her rubbish. She'll have walked over, put it in the bin herself. She'll have gone and, you know, done things. And, and then I'm like, oh, wow, this is like amazing. I, I see her maturity already coming out, you know, and stuff like that. And I think that's beautiful. But then, yeah, it's it's more in, in the rushing moments. And actually I'm learning it's more because I can't control my own emotion because I'm treating, I'm treating her like an 18 year old. I'm like, come, come on, daddy's in a rush. Like she knows what that means. <laughs> right, dad. I don't know what half nine means for nursery, frankly. Shut up. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's, it's more it's more about me, really. I, I love seeing her independent. Do you, do you think that, um, like, a lot of parenting has, like, been a reflection of your own emotions? And, like, I find myself, oh. like, often going, getting really annoyed about something or in one of the many midnight wake-ups, kind of going, is the problem just me? I mean, frankly, sometimes it is the crying baby that won't get to sleep. But like, do, you, do you find yourself often asking that question? Oh, yeah. Yeah, all the time. I think I... What were I doing? I was doing something recently. And, and you just sort of go, oh, like, no, no, I, I've done this. I've created this issue. I'm the one that's, you know, get, getting frustrated. And then I go... Or, or this is the big one. So when she wants to like just throw her spaghetti across the room, I and I lose my head, I lose my my place, and I'm just like, right, that is it. You know, I'm I'm treating her emotionally like she's 18, and I'm responding in a way that says, why aren't you understand? Like I I assume, why aren't you understanding your emotions? Why aren't you communicating them with me? Why don't we sit down, take a breath, and and walk our way through to a solution? Do you know what I mean? Like it's a business mm. meeting with a two and a half year old. And I think I, 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 it's just my expectations. And I think one of the biggest things is that I have realized about myself is that I assumed that kids only got angry when there was something to be angry about, or they only got emotion when there was something to be emotional about. And actually a kid's just a kid and they're learning their way through the world. And I have to be the example. I have to be the one that recognizes uh, how I can approach this. And, and a big thing is in a moment of frustration with an adult, I want to take myself away 
but recognizing that my daughter just wants to know I love her, mm. uh, even if she's losing her mind. Like, and actually, kids very rarely want you to go into the next room and give them five minutes. Like, I'm learning actually, my response is to pull away. But as a kid, your response actually just want to know you're loved, or at least that's what I want to instill in you. That's what I want to instill in her is that when she's upset, she knows I love her. Not that I'm disappointed or that I'm angry, even if I do feel those things. So I'm learning now to go, right, Sam, take a second, but hug her, be with her. Don't go in the other room and say, right, that's it. You know what I mean? Actually say, right, let's walk, let's just, just get it out, but get it out when I'm here, get it out when I'm hugging you, get it out when I'm with you. Um, so that, that message is communicated. I love you no matter what emotion you're going through. That's so Yeah, good. one thing we've started to do with, with Luca, who's uh, three this August, is like if we end up kind of raising our voice or shouting at him after a while, it's just saying, you know, sorry that daddy shouted, but yeah. this is why. Yeah. And just kind of explaining that. Because um, it is hard, isn't it? Because as soon as he starts shouting at me, that's suddenly wrong but he's thinking mm. well that's just that's just what you do to me so it mm. is that kind of yeah you're right it's it's difficult and it's just recognizing that they are kids and really they don't know what's going on like they they, <laughs> they haven't quite figured that emotion every every day they get a new emotion mm. and they're figuring mm. out what that is but it's interesting what mm. you say about the business meeting because like the whole posse training thing is insane and like, yeah. I'm saying to him, let's go for a wee. And he's like, no, 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 because he doesn't want to miss anything. And I'm saying, well, we can go for a wee now and take a minute or you can wee yourself and we can take 10 minutes changing you, getting new clothes. He doesn't understand that. He doesn't understand time. What he wants to do is play with his toys. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's kind of, kind of giving them some leeway, I guess. But also like you say, just try to set the example and just yeah. loving them really and letting them know that they're loved i, I find that really yeah. interesting because like one of the conversations that we're having um it's like when Noah's having a tantrum because she's having like she's been having tantrums for about i don't know a few weeks now but it's that thing of like she doesn't understand what's going wrong and like when she's having a tantrum about something like you said it's just she's just upset and she has no way to communicate that so the right response isn't to tell her off because she's already confused and so it's yeah, like we're, yeah. we're kind of we're slowly getting there with some of our like discipline but the conversation of actually how much do you discipline and how do you do it based on like their understanding like that for me is obviously something that i'd never thought about before actually having kids because i just thought oh you could i'll end up just you know you just shout or that's why parents shout but actually that there's a whole process of oh they understand and they learn like a lot slower than <laughs> i think i think i was saying earlier like humans come out so like potatoes like we're so useless when we're born like that like, takes so long for us to like 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 goats or something come out walking after like 30 seconds <laughs> and like as humans like we're potatoes for like so long but it's yeah. like just actually recognizing that takes so long to develop and then i asked because i actually find myself kind of a lot of the emotions that kind of you experience through parenting are a reflection obviously of even like your upbringing or how you've thought and like yeah. our parents were our model of parenting and then when you've got two people together doing that together obviously with different parents it does bring up stuff not all the time it's not dramatic all the time but there's mm. difference enough to actually kind of go oh actually what is the best way of doing this 
Um, and that's usually when Emily will refer me to a book. <laughs> this is the best way. Yeah. Um, and I'll go, yes, yes, yeah. it is. Mate, honestly, it, it's so true because I, I recognize my parents had four under three and a half. Me, I've got, uh, I've got a twin brother with wow. the youngest. So they had like, it was busy. My dad was working away. And so my mum just had these four kids under three and a half trying to best just to do things. And so like, I love the way they parented us, but they, my mum is like, was regimental. We, you know, we did things then, we ate then, we slept then, we went here then, everything was bam, 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 bam. And so actually something I recognize in my own life is A, I'm not an entrepreneur. I don't take risks in my life because I've never, I wasn't given the space to just sort of explore and freedom. I, it hasn't computed in my brain and that's fine, but it can sometimes reflect my into my parenting when I'm just like, no, no, don't do that. And it's like, well, yeah, yeah. what? Well, she's about to jump off a curb or something. Not in, not in like, but like off a step or something at the bottom step. And it's like, I don't just let her jump into the road. Can I just clarify? My parenting is not to allow her to jump into the road. Yeah, that's right. not how it happens. Yeah, you know, she's alive so far. Um, and yeah, yeah, and so so it's like, right, okay, do I want to stop her taking the risk because of the potential outcome? Or do I want to allow it to sort of go and happen and flourish and then have the, have the you know, exploration afterwards? And I think... Nia, Nia's been a massive help to me for that. Like you said, Jace, my wife is like every book, every Instagram post. If I have a look on her Instagram, it's just babies, mother and tots, breastfeeding groups. And it's like, man, alive, is this all you see? But she's researched so much because she's passionate about it. And so she really helped me recognize not the wrong things that were done in my childhood, but just the way I was brought up and how mm. that could so easily reflect onto my parenting, you know? That's so good. Yeah. So you've done it once, Sam. You've been through the whole kind of pregnancy, birth. And I know from having two that I just expected it to be the same second time round. And then you go in, like I even thought, because my wife, the first time round, she started having contractions and went into labor in the middle of the night. So when I'm thinking about the second one, I'm thinking, right, I need to get to bed because she's going to go into labor in the middle of the night. And it just <laughs> didn't pan out the same way. It was completely different. Yeah. What's your expectations like of second time round versus first time? Birth. We're talking about birth now. Yeah. We had a, re we had a really tough birth. <clears throat> Excuse me. We had a really tough birth first time round. Um, uh, my wife was, was really unwell afterwards. We were in hospital for five days over Christmas. We, we went in 24th. We came out 29th. Christmas was gone for us. Um, we're, we're really sort of neg actually in a really negative time for us, our first birth, um, quite a low point, point mentally for both of us. So, um, and, and, and then the recovery that came afterwards was put such a dampener on our experience of those first four, six weeks of parenting. Actually, I sort of have maybe a naively positive, uh, you know, outlook on how it's going to go. We've got, you know, better consultant cover this time and care and stuff. So we, I'm, I'm hoping it will be, a little bit simpler but I, to be honest i don't have any expectations you know i'm just sort of going in to, to see how it goes i haven't really thought about that process so much i am everything is like from the first hour i haven't even thought about the birth i'm just thinking about the first hour and how the heck do i get this thing to sleep again how the heck do i do you know what i mean and then how do i do that and you would talk and you were talking you were talking about it on the first episode where it's like all of a sudden where they say you know when the baby sleeps you sleep all of a sudden can't do that because you've got another one that is like a recurring nightmare i have since i found out we were pregnant it's essentially just been this you'll never sleep 
what is being whispered over me myself. Um, so yeah, I am. I haven't even thought about birth. I'm all like first day onwards and how the heck that works. So like uh, you mentioned, the, the, the first one was really rough. Do you mind if you don't mind like expanding on that a little bit? Like what happened? Um, yeah, so it was. I mean, it was nothing to do with uh, Betsan. Betsan was absolutely fine. It was just uh, what pregnancy did uh, did to Nia really, and sort of the the after effects of that. I won't go into to so much as her story to tell as uh, as much, but uh, in terms of you know, she was she was really unwell. She lost uh, you know an awful lot of blood from her body. She was, uh, and then and and it was doubled up that the hospital didn't give us great care. Mm. Um, she was just shoved in a ward. Uh, we couldn't sleep. They were just told, so you need sleep and that'll make things better. And then it wasn't, and we were waiting. And then breastfeeding became difficult in the in the, the first couple of days. And, and Betsam was tongue-tied, so she couldn't latch well. And uh, it was just like one thing after another. Uh, and yeah, so we, we we just sort of fought through, to be honest. Mm. Uh, and I remember on the, the the last day when we 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 got out on the 29th, we just went for a walk off the wood. Um Nia was really fragile. I just walked it down and it was just, when we got home, it was just this release and this freedom of like, oh, wow, we're home and we can start things now. Mm. Um, but, but as I say, then, then uh, Nia found breastfeeding really difficult. Her supply was low. Uh, and so uh, we found out after three months that Betsam was really underweight and we didn't know because just to sort of bring into context, she was born December, uh, Christmas Eve 19. So by three months, we were in lockdown COVID. So then no health visitors, no nothing, no family. We're on, just on our own with a three-month-old. And all of a sudden, we didn't recognize that she was losing weight and mm. you know we had no one to tell us. And so then we tried to start sleep training and we just had this horrific time where we thought she was fighting it, uh, but she was basically just starving. Uh, so that, that sort of had a bit, a bit of an emotional hit really for us, mm. knowing that we've done, we did that to her, um, obviously unintentionally, but... So we, we, we had to sort of work through that and really not to be honest, not to three months were okay. We were just pulling through it was new and we were like, yeah, come on, let's fight this. And then three to six months were like, this is horrible. This mm. is awful on our own, no support. Um, and just a baby that wouldn't sleep, wouldn't go down, you know, couldn't latch. Um, and so at six months we were told to put them on her, sol her, put her on solids. And then all of a sudden things picked up. She slept like five hours for the first time after we gave her like a bowl three bowls of porridge because she just kept eating uh and it was like oh wow oh, this might be possible this might be livable uh and then and then it picked up then but yeah those three to six months were just dark like mentally sleeping um and but just being on your own yeah so that's what we found that's difficult so tough. so tough and i think so i've got just kind of a few questions on that because obviously with everyone's experience is completely different and like from the stuff that me and em went through I have no kind of frame of reference of whether what I went through is normal. Um, and obviously, like you said, like you can't speak on behalf of Nia and I can't speak on behalf of them. But there was a very, like very real journey that I went on. And one of the things like, there's two, two main questions. The first one is in the actual birth, did you, this might be a very, not a very open-ended question. It might just be a simple yes or no. Did you kind of experience a, a complete lack of just just like a crippling feeling that you cannot do anything like so for example like when Noah was born in the hospital I literally could not do anything like it was in the doctor's hands M was there for for Noah like as a dad I literally couldn't do 
anything as a dad or as a husband. I literally just had to be. Is that something that you experienced? If so, has that affected kind of the mentality of going for a second? I haven't experienced that in the same way you've explained. And obviously, I know your story pretty well, and and yours was, and it's difficult because everything's personal, right? That yeah. was that was our experience. And it was yeah. tough for us, but I know what you've been through and are still going through is way, quote unquote, worse than what we what we went through. Um, so I found, and I don't know if this is going to be encouraging or not for people, but I found eight hours that Nia was giving birth the worst of my life. I'm a deeply emotional person right so i'm just crying and trying to not show my wife i'm crying she was like just off on gas and air frankly she was she loved it had a great um but i found that i i've said like they are the worst they were the worst eight hours of my life like everything afterwards actually you were together in it but i was just watching my wife in in, in pain so i found that really difficult what i found when betsan was born was all of a sudden the medical attention was on nia I just had I had Betsan and and it yeah, was it was all the plans you had that never came to be right so we didn't have skin on skin because all of a sudden this baby was given to me I was just in a hoodie and I was like my mum was there and it was just you know you're just surviving really and I'm just what and and all the uncertainty is she going to be okay what's going to happen we had to get transferred to a different hospital so there was all of that sort of stuff so in fact I walked out of the hospital on my own with my child in the car driving her on my wow. own to a different hospital. Wow. So that was like this weird experience and the biggest thing I found was you know I didn't I didn't fall immediately in love. And I think that was one of the biggest things that people said to me. When that baby's in your arms, you're going to fall immediately in love with this thing. And I was just I was lost. It was just this mm. live thing in my arms crying, not knowing what to do. You know my wife's over there and I, I'm sort of going, okay, what do I do? And I, I really, that was my journey until Betsan really started responding, giving something back for the first, you know, what is it for the first eight, 10, 12 weeks, something like that. Until really they start to laugh or smile or, you know, any sort of response. It was, it was very realistically, I am keeping this thing alive. That is my job. Do you know what I mean? And, and I found that difficult because the expectations people gave me were, you're going to love this thing. Like you are a dad to a girl and it was going to be the most amazing thing. And if that's what people experience, like fantastic, but it's just not the universal experience, mm. but people just said, oh, it's going to be amazing. You're going to have a kid and you're going to hold it in your arms in that moment. And it's like, it was, it was overwhelming. And, and then even when we got to take her home in the car seat, it was like, that's it now. There's no mm. nurses and no midwives looking over us. It's just us looking after this thing. And they just let you go. There's so just that, like that no was checks. The big, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just go, right, you're fine, ta And it was like, whoa, okay, hold on. Like, I didn't know, do I put a vest on and then a top? Do I put, like, what, what, like, do you know what I mean? I was asking Nia going, what do I put this thing in? And, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that, that was my big journey of going, mm. oh, actually, this isn't this heart connection straight away. And that's okay. That's okay. You, it will come, and it will come for different reasons at different times. But to just to... I guess that, un that unrealistic expectation didn't help me in those initial moments. Oh yeah, uh, Jordan, did, what was did you have? What were your expectations of reality like? Were you like immediately, this is amazing, like absolutely head over heels in love, or what, what was that like for you? Yeah, I think first time round, um, I think the, our first birth experience was 
if we were to write down our ideal situation, that would have been it. Like right. it was, it was great. Like there was, we're really blessed and we're really thankful for how it went. With Myla second time round, um, she came out and her cord was around her neck. So like, like what you said, Sam, you've got these certain expectations of a birth experience. And one of those for me is that you hear the cry. Like you see that on TV, right? You see the woman sweating yeah, and yeah. screaming and then you just hear this crying. We didn't hear that second time round. So Leanne was really panicked. And so my job at that time, like where you said, Jace, like you just had to be, my job there was just to reassure my wife that everything is fine. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I was just like, and I, we didn't know what we, we didn't know if she was a boy or a girl. So I was, I had a quick look and I said, and we knew the name. I said, Lee, we've got Myla. She's, she's over there. She's great. And you're just waiting for this cry and it, it didn't come. And we kind of knew things were going to be different because doctors came into the room second time round, and that didn't happen first time. So they were very different experiences. Um, but yeah, fortunate enough to kind of have that immediate connection with, with both of them. And I think the fact that my kind of needed a bit of attention when she was first born and then all of a sudden those few minutes, it probably wasn't even a few minutes. It just felt like a lifetime. Mm -hmm. It was like, she's okay. She's ours. We're fine. And then, you know, she had to stay in um, for a night and I had Luca at home for a night and that in itself helped take my mind off things because I had him to look after. Yeah, very, very different experiences um, for sure. But Sam, I, I just wondered again, you know, you don't have to answer. How, how was your, your thought process with going for another one? Like after that ordeal, hmm. was it kind of a hard conversation to have? Yeah, yeah really hard, really hard conversation. Um, because as well, like I can't imagine loving anything else anywhere near the, the way I love Betsan. Mm. So it was like, well, I sort of feel complete in a way. I wasn't, uh, you know, this, oh yeah, we need another one. I think the big thing for me is that brought the conversation along was I, I don't want our kids really, really far apart. I'd quite like them to be close. And so it, it, it sounds a bit crazy, but it was almost like a practical discussion of like, listen, if, if we want kids this close together, we're going to have to start getting down within the next sort of three to six months. Do you know what I mean? Like it's going to happen. <laughs> sort of if we must. So that, that was, that was it. Like, and, and then, you know, obviously we had to cross that threshold of like, okay, at this moment, if, if it happens, we're, we're happy about it and it's the right decision. Um, and, and, for, you know, for me, it was an emotional thing of what if I think for near it was a, it was a, it was a massive decision, a massive mm, decision about yeah. uh, putting her body, body through it. And, you know, some decisions have been taken out of our hands in terms of how the birth's going to go. Our second birth because of what happened with our first one. So, so that's, that's okay. And we know that people are going to be aware uh, of some of the, some of the frailties really. So, yeah, it, it was a massive decision. And I think people just think, oh, you just go one, you, then you go two, and then you, maybe maybe you go three, and maybe you go four, and, you know, see how it is. Maybe you stay at two. And, like, it, it's such a massive decision. Mm. And, again, I, I think maybe an, an unhealthy expectation of that was just like, oh, yeah, just pick a time and, and go for it and just, you know, and hope it happens. And it, it wasn't. It was, 
it was a huge decision again are we going to up, uproot our lives in a way again and, and start this process again and so yeah it, it was a massive massive decision but um yeah we're we're excited well i'm excited for you thanks mate it's gonna be great well sam we've got no more questions um but we just want to say a massive thank you for your time yeah, but also your honesty um i found that quite emotional just listening to to your experiences there um, so yeah, we really do appreciate your, uh, your transparency and, and your honesty. Thank you so much. All good, man. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. Literally my new favourite podcast and I'm a part of it. How about that? What a guy. Amazing first guest on our uh, Parents and Tools podcast. Thank you, Sam. Great to hear another voice. It is. Always good to hear another voice. Yeah, especially ours. <laughs> get a different perspective on things. So we're gonna, like we said before, we've got a load of topics that we don't have experience of that yeah. we wanna get guests on for. But still we wanna hear your responses, your comments, your questions, and your funny stories. So please get in touch at Parenting Tools Pod on Instagram and TikTok. And you can also email us at parentingtoolspod at gmail.com. Also don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, hit that little notification bell, share it with your friends and family. This has been episode three of the Parenting Tools Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.